Welcome to Teacher Treat Yourself, a show about going the distance with teaching. This is our first episode, and I'm here with my sister, Carrie. So, Carrie, can you get us started by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I'm Carrie. I'm Paige's older sister by two and a half years. My twin sister and I are the oldest of four girls. Paige is right smack in the middle of the four of us. Um, I am a school librarian. Right now I get to actually work part-time out of choice because I've got three kids at home. Lucky. I love it. I've got two kids uh, in school and I've got a little preschooler who's home, of course, quite a bit as well. Um, My husband is also a teacher, uh, so we can't help but talk shop now and then um, at home, and it's kind of nice to have a good support system at home with my hubby as a teacher. Yeah, that is fun. Now, before you became a librarian, tell us about what you did then. Right. So before I was a librarian, um, I taught fourth grade for five years. That's my favorite grade. I love fourth graders. I also taught middle school language arts. I had some super sweet middle school kids, which rare rare to find super sweet middle school kids, but I did have those kids. And uh, then I took a couple years off when I had my third And I subbed for a couple years when he was a baby. So I got to sub at all different grade levels, and I even got to sub in my sister's classroom and Paige's classroom. So that was pretty cool, too. Yes. I'm sure that was fun because I am loving my job right now. I'm an ESL resource teacher, and I work primarily with fifth and sixth grade students in small groups. I also sometimes go into co-teaching classrooms, but mostly I'm teaching guided reading. And I am teaching kids learning English from a lot of different countries. Um, I spend about two hours a day working with newcomer students who have come to America within the past year. So there are new Americans and um, they're super sweet and fun. And it's a job that involves a lot of planning, but a lot of creativity. So it's a really good fit for me. Um, Oh, I used to be a classroom teacher, too. I taught second grade, which was a great age, and first grade. And just a nod to the classroom teachers, because they are really the glue that kind of holds the school together. And it's not an easy job, that's for sure. Um, I taught classroom for about four years. How many years did you teach classroom? So I was a full-time classroom teacher for nine years, and it is. It's a lot of work. Sometimes you feel like you're just in the trenches, and so much is expected of classroom teachers. So I really try to support my classroom teachers um, now in my new position as a school librarian. I feel like that's my job is to support those teachers. I totally, totally agree. I'm really glad that I was a classroom teacher so that I truly appreciate them, and that's kind of the heart of this podcast Um, We decided to name it Treat Yourself Teachers because teaching is hard work. It's a work of heart, if you will. And you kind of put your blood, sweat, and tears in. And um, it's also important to have fun, treat yourself, take care of yourself. And so that's kind of what I'm hoping this podcast can be. Um, I also want us to share some things we're doing in our classrooms that we're excited about and even some fun things Um, outside of teaching that we love and just have some fun with it. 
That's right. We're here to uh, keep it positive and support all of you listeners that are listening to us today. Um, Paige, just recently, you know, it's a new year, and I recently read an article. Um, it was put out there by NPR, I believe, um, and it was interesting because it was talking about how teachers can use uh, meditation and mindfulness to make their job um I, I guess you could say more bearable or just, um, you know, a more positive experience. But what was really interesting about that article was all the feedback from teachers saying, hey, it's a bigger problem than just being mindful and meditating. There's so much expected of teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important as teachers that we support each other and keep keep things positive so that so that we're there for our students, too. I totally agree. And always encouraging each other. Um, what kind of gave me the idea for this podcast was recently, um, uh, we were on winter break and it was the holidays, Christmas and all that fun stuff. And Carrie and I are from a really big, huge family. We have like 60 cousins or something. Cause our grandma had 12 kids and a lot of our cousins are teachers all around the country and different types of teaching jobs, um, high school, elementary, every kind of job you can imagine for teachers. And I have so much fun talking to them and just kind of sometimes even venting. And it's interesting hearing uh, what's going on with them in their schools. So um, now that we've introduced ourselves, we are going to talk about how to get through a hard day at work. And so Um, For me, a rough day at work involves dealing with meetings. I recently had a day that involved two meetings. There was a grade level meeting that I went to, and it involved a lot of data talk. And then there was a meeting after school. I didn't get home till six that night. And um, there was it mixed in with that day, um, dealing with just a little bit of disrespect from some students. And for me, my hardest days of teaching have been days like that when I've had a student who's having a hard day and I'm really trying to help them get through it. What's a hard day at work like for you? You know, I'm pretty lucky. I don't have tons of level meetings uh, because I am in the school library. I can kind of pop into those meetings as I choose. Um, But oftentimes my schedule, uh, it's it moves fast. I've got 40 minutes, kids come in, 40 minutes, kids come out. I might go from a seventh grade class to a first grade, um, to an eighth, to a sixth, and uh, five classes back to back. That is busy. And after managing some seventh grade behaviors that may be disrespectful, right after that, I've got to be ready for those busy first graders that yeah. are that are just uh, so much fun, but also so busy. So it's just really keeping up with those different types of kids and um, how quickly those classes move in and out of my space. That would be a really, really interesting day. Yeah. And we know that for every teacher, a rough day involves different things, depending on what school you're at and um, what your job looks like. But we can all relate to needing to do little things to really uh, keep positive. Like mom has told me, um, our mom is also a teacher, and she has told me that I need to be the thermostat in my classroom as far as um, 
remaining calm and positive and just being the teacher my kids needs my kids need um instead of letting little things get in the way I always try to remain that same calm you know and so what kind of helps me with that some little things I always like to have a teacher mug with coffee or lemon water. I've been doing more lemon water because I'm actually nursing right now and trying to stay hydrated. Sometimes Diet Coke. I usually have some chocolate on hand just to have like one piece of chocolate in the afternoon. And sometimes on a rough day, I even go for a walk during my lunch break or I chit chat with my coworkers about something not school related. Um, Something super fun I've been doing for like about a year now. I've been having lunch in the actual teacher's lounge. Most of our teachers eat in their classrooms. But I go down there and I eat with a lot of paraprofessionals and our speech pathologists. And the main rule is we do not talk about school stuff. Um, They talk sometimes about like uh, soap operas, which I don't watch, but I just like to have a break. And so for me, having that break is key in the middle of the day, not talking school. Um, what are your little things that you do to get through a rough day? Well, first, let me say, it's so interesting how different schools are so unique, even when it comes down to the teacher's lounge. To find a teacher's lounge who have, you know, you've set those ground rules, no talking about students, that is rare. I've been at quite a few different schools, even as a sub, It's very hard as a teacher not to bring that venting into the lounge, but I like that rule that you said, Paige, because after teaching for quite a few years, um, including subbing, I think about 14 years, I think it's important not to vent in the lounge because you don't know who might be listening and who might take your venting in the wrong way. So I Mm -hmm. like that you've made that ground rule. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and then the other thing too is like, Everybody's going through their own stuff, and I just find in the middle of the day, I might need to vent at some point, but in the middle of the day, instead of kind of airing out what we're all dealing with that's rough, um, as a group, we've just found it more fun that way, you know? I love that. Yeah, and you know, as far as, uh, you know, finding those positive moments during the day to get through a tough day, for me, I really love and cherish my breaks. Um, I get to schedule volunteers that come into my library, and it's so important to me that I just have that quiet break. Um, I just, I, I guess in that way, I can be a bit of an introvert. I need that quiet to refresh. And you know what I like to do? I like to look at pictures on my phone of my kids. Yes, totally. Even just ones I took the day before, because it makes me smile, and it yeah. helps me just think about stuff that's not stressful. So just... Uh, having those like quiet moments to think about fun things and before I have to get back to preparing for my next class. Yeah, definitely. I've seen other teachers doing that too. Um, When I have shared a room with other resource teachers, there is a really fun girl that I shared a room with named Audrey, who's a little bit younger than me. And she would pull up SNL skits on YouTube on her phone and we'd all be just like crowding on our phone trying to watch these SNL skits during our lunch break. That is awesome. She somehow always found like the really funny stuff. 
And so... Can I tell you, if Love you that. need just like a really quick laugh, as long as YouTube's not blocked in your school, uh-huh. I love Jimmy Fallon. He has these hashtags that you can <laughs> just search Jimmy Fallon hashtags. He puts a really funny um, prompt out there to people and people will tweet in their response to his prompt. It can be anything from like a bad day to, you know, funny things my kids said. And it's it's like a two minute funny uh, bit that'll make you laugh. I'm definitely going to check that out. That's a good idea. I love his Friday night thank you notes too. All right. So Paige, tell me about the end of the day. The bell has rung. You have finished up your work at school. You're heading home. How do you go home and, you know, refresh, revive for the next day? Do you dwell on school? Do you think about it? Do you not think about it? How do you manage those feelings at the end of the day? The first thing I do when I get in the car is turn on something super fun, which could be my Jay-Z CD or one of my favorite podcasts. I've been loving um, the Girl Next Door podcast and the Happier podcast. And for my whole drive home, I just enjoy that. And then, um, of course, now that I'm a mom, (laughs) getting home includes, you know, picking up my two kids that are under the two and making dinner. Um, and enjoying them or dealing with any tantrums that might be happening and stuff. But once they both get in bed, I really try to do something for myself that I'll enjoy, like watch a Netflix show that I'm really into um, or just call a friend or something. And of course, working out is always a good thing to do after a rough day. Um, I think the one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from a professor was during my student teaching and we were meeting at his house to talk about how it was going. And we were kind of all comparing notes um, about how teaching was harder than we had imagined it would be. And he said, so what do you think you should do after a long day? Um, And he said, well, actually, let me just tell you, don't go home and reflect. Don't, call a veteran teacher to get, you know, more ideas. Um, At least don't have that be your priority. Have your first priority be to just go bowling, which is his way of saying, like, do something fun, totally not school related, you know? That's great advice. I love that. And I think it's so true. And every time I have talked to new teachers, I try to pass that bit of advice along because I, I am naturally doing a lot of reflecting and, you know, thinking, how can I do this better? Or kind of like, uh, maybe if something went wrong, it's like living rent free in my head. Like I keep rehashing it in my head. That's like my natural instinct. But what I really need to do and what I really try to do is just totally something not school related, you know? And then if I need to do work stuff that of course, lesson plans and grading and things happen too. But my first priority is to recharge for the next day. I think that's important. We have to do that. We have to be ready and refreshed. We can't go to school feeling worn down because that's Mm -hmm. not a good teacher. Um, It's almost better to kind of wing it a little bit as long as you're in a good mood and feeling refreshed. I think Mm -hmm. that's sometimes better. What about if your husband asks you how your day was? Do you get into the nitty-gritty, difficult parts of the day, or do you just kind of quickly uh, summarize your day for him? Um, he, it's, I love this about my husband because we're such opposites. He is really big on 
not talking much about the work day. Um, but sometimes I do need to talk through it, but I never do it with him because he really just, he doesn't teach and he doesn't want to. So when he asks how my day was, I kind of give kind of a general answer. And then at dinner, we try to talk about the highlight of our day. And we hope that once our girls get older, they can add something in. Um, I've heard of people at dinner, like everyone saying a rose in the day, like the highlight and a thorn. Yes, and I think the Obamas cool do that. Do Did they you know really? the Obama family does that? I had no idea, but yes. um, Tim and Mary, our aunt and uncle in Denver or in Colorado do that. That's pretty cool. Do the Obamas do it? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's so cool. they do. You know, um, that's funny how different people are. My husband, the second he walks in the door, uh-huh. he will want to tell me if he's had a rough day. Really? Oh my he, gosh. You know what, that's though? So he takes teaching Ryan. so seriously. He does. It is the world to him. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, you know, his family and teaching, that is his world. And he does work with um, kids from low-income families and all boys, middle school. So that is pretty tough. He has some tough mm-hmm. days, much tougher than mine, I have to say. Um, he really has to tell me right when he walks mm-hmm. in the door, which is hard because we have three kids and uh, the oldest is in fourth grade. So uh, it's, you know, it's hard to listen to him as I'm making dinner. Yeah. But I think everyone's different. He needs to have that. He needs to talk to have that it. quick vent just right when he gets home. Yeah. And that's a healthy thing. That's a healthy thing. No, it doesn't last long. It's, it has to be quick because the kids need us too. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it is interesting how different couples or different people need different things. Yeah. I do usually need to talk through some things like that and I don't want to do it with people in my school. I know you and I feel the same way about gossip and things like that. And so if it's dealing with, um, maybe a conflict with a coworker or, anything like that. I always try to talk to someone about it who doesn't work with me so that I'm not like getting in that gossipy yes. type, of, type of habit. Find a trusted third party that's not at all connected to your school. And then, mm-hmm. then they're just there to listen. Yeah. And I also do have a teacher at my school that I really trust. And we also kind of vent, but we try to keep it to a minimum too. And when you mentioned, um, so Carrie's husband is Mike and you mentioned the kind of job he has. Um, it made me think of, um, you know, a truly rough day as a teacher is probably when you, we, we can't go talking about a rough day without mentioning when you find out something heartbreaking about a student, you know? So, if child protective services comes, um, that is such a hard day, you know, um, maybe they're coming to ask questions to you or your student, or if you can tell abuse is going on, or, um, maybe they just lost a parent or there's, there's not food at home. And they just told you that there's not food at home. I should Definitely just want to to mention that that goes into a really hard day, too, is if you're working with especially a population like that. I know we all have Absolutely. different schools and different students, but yeah. nothing I've breaks your schools, heart more. And I've been at schools where that's not part of your work life. So, yeah, I can't imagine. I haven't been in a lot of situations where I've had to be interviewed 
by CPS or, or find out about kids in those severe, sad, sad situations. But yeah, that, you know, shout out to those teachers that have to deal with that on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is definitely, yes, a shout out to them and remember that you are, um, making, you know, a world of difference in your students' lives. Um, So now let's talk a little bit about something we've been doing with our teaching that we've been excited about or loving. I did something in December that I loved so much. I'm so excited to share it. Okay, what is it? Okay, so it is about closed reading, and closed reading is basically just a strategy that involves, it's reading closer and it's when you take a text and you read it more than once with the students. Um, and oftentimes you will highlight and text tag and set a different purpose for each of the, each times that you read. Mm. Um, so maybe, um, usually with closed reading your first read, you tell the students just get the gist of what you read. The second read, you give a purpose like I want you to find the main idea of the text, or mm-hmm. I want you to find um, what you think the author's mm-hmm. purpose was. And then, whoop, um, and my phone just beeped. Um, and then the third read, you dig even deeper and you'll cite evidence and do writing and discuss it even deeper. And I did that the whole month of December, um, pulling in different reading strategies we wanted to practice. And, um, to kick it off, I did this super cool introductory lesson that I learned from, um, a couple of my teacher friends and it involves Oreos. And in the, um, in the show notes, I'm going to, um, give the link to this teacher who came up with this awesome idea. Anytime you can bring food into a lesson, it is actually, there has been research that Kids get excited. Motivation yeah. goes up, like, right? Yeah. They will remember what you teach even more. I've, I've heard actual research and I thought, I didn't need research to know that. You know, I mean, yes. same goes for me. If there's been food in a lesson, I remember it more too. That's so true. Or right before a break, I felt like I just had to pass out candy canes just to keep, <laughs> to the, try to keep, to keep the spirits up, right? Keep the spirits up, totally. So for this introductory lesson to kick off the close reading, um, take take Oreos and then pass them out to everybody. And this is what you'll think of. You'll end up telling them this was like your first read. And as they eat the Oreo the first time, you kind of, I'm in like an annoying way, say, come on, eat it. Let's go. Let's go eat it fast. And they're like looking at you like, what? And, um, and then you say, um, okay, what did you guys just eat? And you have like a piece of chart paper hanging up to take notes and you write first read of Oreos and write down whatever they say and just keep it very basic. Don't ask a lot of details. Like, what did you just eat? And most of them will say a cookie or an Oreo and that'll be it. Then pass out the second Oreo Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is our second read. And I want you to look at it and notice it. And um, smell it, touch it, and as a group, like really take your time to look at it and then eat it nibble by nibble and even have them close their eyes. Um, And actually, whoops, don't mention that it involves reading until you're all the way done with the lesson. I forgot about that part. Um, (laughs) 
don't don't bring up the analogy till you're all the way done with the Oreos thing. Just focus on the Oreo. Focus on the Oreo. Okay. Yes. And on your anchor chart this time, you're gonna write like, um, what did you see once they're done eating? take notes on what did they see. And some students were saying like, it actually is stamped on the Oreo, the word Oreo. And it's a circle. It's a dark color, a dark brown and a very, very white as snow color. One of my students said, which I loved. And then we talked over these kids. Um, she was a sixth grade student. I did this with, um, third through sixth graders. But of course you're ESL learners. They're all ESL learners. Yes. Okay. And, um, the different levels of groups had different kinds of responses. Of course, you know, my most advanced group gave these very, very, uh, detailed descriptions and my, um, more of my beginning group, I didn't do it with a newcomer group, but, um, kind of my more like beginner intermediate groups, I kind of did more think alouds like, well, I noticed, you know, I had to actually do that too. And then once you take your notes on what that Oreo looked like, smelled like, tasted like, what your favorite part was, any questions you might have about the Oreo, then you tell the students, the reason I did this today was to teach you a lesson about reading. When you read something really fast, you barely even notice it and barely enjoy it. When you read it slowly, like our second time we ate the Oreo, and you really savor it, you notice even more things. And if I was to give you a third Oreo, you would notice even more things. And so sometimes with our reading, we want to read it and read it again and even read it again. And so it was a really cool lesson that they loved, and I hung the chart up. And then the whole month as we did more closed reading, we, I would try to remind them of that lesson. So it was cool. fun. It was Ooh, fun. I think that would be a favorite library lesson. If I tried that with my kids in totally. library class, I think they would remember that one and probably go home and talk about it with their family maybe, which is awesome. Yes. I think really a lot of different levels. High school would probably love it. And of course, like if it's a test, I told the students, like if it's a test, then you are going to want to reread, you know? Um, Oh, yes. Focusing on those uh, test taking skills, mm -hmm. tie that in there too. I love love that. And even in college that you may need to reread and carefully read. Definitely. So what have you been up to in your classroom? You know, it's really exciting. We're just getting back to school and I am in charge of implementing our one school, one book program. Oh, I got to choose the title of the book, which is tons of pressure. What did you choose? I chose, it's a K through eight school that I'm at. It's a Uh private school. So I was trying to find a chapter book that families could read at home that both kindergartners or middle school kids and everything in between could still enjoy. Uh-huh. Do you think there's even a book out there? I don't know. It was tough. I, it would be very hard. <laughs> I settled on Wonder by R.J. Palacios. Oh my gosh, love that. Yes, and here's the cool thing. The movie comes out this spring, April of 2017. Really? It's going to be Julia Roberts and I believe Owen Wilson are the parents. Oh my gosh. So how cool is this? And you know, you never know how the teachers in the building are going to feel about something. It's new. We've never done this before. Uh I didn't know if teachers would be excited about introducing this new project that, you know, hopefully our teachers will be backing, you know, backing us up on this. Um, but how cool that there's one teacher that's already looking into renting out a movie theater 
for families to come oh and watch it. Oh my gosh! So I love that. They are jumping on board. Yes, one of the middle school teachers thought of this and she's so excited because she thinks it would be a cool culminating activity for families to go and watch the movie together after we've read the book. That is really Isn't that cool? cool. So I'm just excited that teachers started reading the book over break. Some of them came up to me and said they loved it, and they were talking about different scenes that were very emotional and tough. And uh, kids get so into it, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm a little nervous since we've never done it before. It's new, but I I am mostly excited. I think that yeah. families are going to really enjoy this book. I love it because it's kind of like a book club for the whole school. Yes. So everyone's getting excited about reading. And the super cool thing about that book, Wonder, is what a lesson it teaches about bullying and ex- yes. appreciating people's differences yes. and even why bullying happens, you know? Yes. It's all about choosing kindness. That's mm-hmm. the author's uh, basically catchphrase is uh, choose kindness, which is cool. I mean, every age needs to hear that from kindergarten through eighth grade. So I think it's going to be a positive book that hopefully families can, you know, have some really great discussions over. And we were just deciding yesterday how we're going to kick it off. We'll be kicking it off in a few weeks uh, with the kids and the families. And I think we're going to do a read and feed at the end of the day, which our school has not Ooh, getting done. the food in there. <laughs> yes, bringing the food and it's exciting. Nice. We don't usually do read and feed, so it's different for the kids. Um, so we're going to kind of end our schedule early that day, go to homerooms, do a read and feed, have awesome. the homeroom teacher read the first chapter to the kids. That's great. And then they get to bring their book home and show it to their parents and tell them about the first chapter they heard at school. That is really cool. And you are really, um, you always seem to find the coolest children's literature. And I'm hoping in this podcast, you can highlight some other really good young adult books or just all different levels of children's literature, even that I could read to my girls and things. I love it. That's the cool part too, about having kids as I'm a librarian, Mm -hmm. because if I see a good new book that I haven't read before, I'll take it home. I'll read it to my kids and kind of test it out with them. First See how it goes. Yeah. Read it together for the first time. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's such a bonding experience to read to your kids. It is. So um, now let's treat ourselves to talking about some things not school related that we're loving right now. Okay. Okay. So this is something I'm loving. I'm holding it in my hand showing you. Listeners, you'll just have to Google it if you're interested. It's Garnier... Garnier micellar cleansing water. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it removes makeup, cleanses, and refreshes refreshes your face. And it's just kind of like a toner or like an eye makeup remover. And you just take a cotton swab and rub it all over your face. And it feels so nice. And my skin feels so nice. And I feel like I'm noticing a different in my skin, difference in my skin. And a couple of uh, teachers mentioned this to me, and then I noticed our mom uses it. Wow. And when I was buying it at Walgreens, um, two of the girls at Walgreens that were working there talked to me about how much they love it. One of them said, I love this because it's the only thing that will take off all my mascara. And the other lady goes, "I, I rub it all over my face, and it just feels, like, really refreshing. Um... And I think I'm going to save money with it because I have been removing my makeup using those uh, makeup removing wipes. Like I've been keeping them yes. on my nightstand and right. just like I'm so exhausted by the end of the day. If I'm lucky, I like wipe my face down. 
And so I think this will save money though, because I think it's going to last me a lot longer (laughs) too. Cool. And it says it's no fragrance, fragrance free. I was Mm -hmm. wondering if it had a scent, but I like the fragrance free. You don't have to rinse it off. Yeah. And you can even use it on your eyes. Cool. Yeah. Try it out. Try that. Yeah. I think you'll like it. Awesome. Um, Other things that I've been loving are podcasts. And like I mentioned earlier, the Girl Next Door podcast is so, so fun. You have to check it out. Did you try it yet? I know I told I you to try know. it. No, I still have to listen That's to it. That's okay. I, I get it. To. I get you it. Know what? You know why I didn't listen to it? Because I've been obsessing over a Netflix show. It's been out there for a while. I think there's 45 episodes, so I'll never finish it. But uh, Madam Secretary with Taya Leone. Oh, yes. Actress. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. I think that was even on, like... Primetime, like it's CBS still, or something I think like it's still ABC. on primetime, but I'm just watching it on Netflix. on Netflix. This way you can binge watch it, right? Yes. And you were telling me that that's a show that you can actually watch one episode and stop if you have to, which yes. I appreciate because I do not have time usually to watch a full day. Yes. And even though it's suspenseful, it's not so intense that you're going to be up at night like trying to watch more asleep. and more. It's and more. not like you're, you know, it doesn't hurt your nerves right before you go to bed. You can good. still fall asleep right after you watch it. Oh, good. Because that is key. Getting that a good key. night's sleep as a teacher. That's right. What time do you go to bed? Oh, I've been no. trying to pick an official bedtime, but... My official bedtime is way too late. It's 11 p.m. I have mm-hmm. to move it up. That's one of my New Year's resolutions. I need to move it up even half an hour, even 10 to 10.30. That would be better. What time do you have to get up in the morning? I get up at 6. Wow. Yeah. So you should move it up earlier. Right. Because you're supposed to shoot for like What's, eight hours if you I can. I know. What's your bedtime? It sort of depends on the day. 11. Yeah, yeah, same for me, 11. But I'm okay with that because usually I don't get out of bed till 6.30 or 7. Okay. Because I don't have to be at school till 8.35. So okay. I'm kind of okay with 11, but yet I'm still tired. So maybe I should try 10.30. But I know. I'm like having fun. I'm a night owl. So I'm like yeah, having fun too. at night and not really wanting to rush off to bed. You know? I know. And I feel like I try to squeeze in my adult day after all my kids are yes. in bed. So my adult day where I get to do things for myself really doesn't start till closer till nine. Oh, wow. Once I get the kids in bed and yeah. finish the dishes or whatever. I'm lucky right now because my girls go down at like eight, but I'm also not lucky because they are so intense by the time I get them in bed. I'm just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they could probably even go to bed earlier, right? Yeah, I think so. Ava is almost two and I'm trying to figure out how to raise a, a toddler. toddler. Yep. Toddlers, tantrums, and teaching. We'll be talking about that in many it. more episodes All because our toddlers are a big part of our life. Well, I'm going to try some Madam Secretary and report back to you. You should. And we hope that you have enjoyed your first episode of Teaching Treat Yourself. I think is what it's called. <laughs> I'm still working on the name. We're trying to pick out our name. Teachers, treat yourself. We had to say goodbye to teaching in tequila. It yeah. just wasn't going to I like the funness of it, but it's not professional. Oh, treat yourself, teachers. We hope you've enjoyed your first episode and you come back for another. Let's talk about the school day with one another. And then let's talk about ways we can recover. Netflix, binges, and margaritas are required if you want to make it as a teacher. Change.
magnet for maternity pants It's hard making sure these students follow the rules You deserve to take a dip in a hot swimming pool Teacher, treat yourself Teacher, treat yourself Teacher, treat yourself We get so invested, it's like an obsession We push them all year towards graduation Then we work on lesson plans through summer vacation We deserve a break Teacher, treat yourself Teacher, treat yourself 